This week on the Emmaus Institute for Disciple Making podcast, Ernie Blanco continues his series called Missional Hospitality by going through various scriptures revealing God's heart for his mission and the household. Good. So here's the idea. Today, what we're talking about is where we dwell is, is important. Where we live is important, right? Um, but beyond where we live, what's even more important than where we live is who we live with. Can we agree to that? Any of you guys had kids leave the house and where you were actually living changed dramatically, right? I guess most of us probably don't have kids that have left. You guys have, have kids that left the house? Yeah? Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, so where we live and who we live with is very important. And as we know in the Bible, that's no different, right? The place where we dwell is a big deal. In fact, the Abrahamic covenant, right, when God comes and he gives a promise to Abraham, there's a specific part of that promise that's important. You all know what I'm talking about? The promise that there's a particular place where God's people are going to dwell. So this, this idea of dwelling with God and amidst God is something that is important to see, I think, in Scripture because um, a vision for that, a vision for God's heart for living with his people in community is a compelling reason for us to continue that mission, just like we talked about last week in the story of the Bible. That's a, a motivation for us to continue to pursue when it's difficult. So. Um, let's go ahead. Everyone have a pen? Uh, we're just going to jump into this, make sure we have enough time for discussion. Um, point number one today that we're uh, just going to highlight quickly is God's glory is exalted as he reigns amidst the dwelling of his people. God's glory is exalted as he reigns amidst the dwelling of his people. All right, so on your sheets, right underneath there, um, Exodus 15. Oops, I put three verses, but then I, I cut it down to only one verse. I'm not sure what I was thinking, but who can read that for, for us? Exodus 15. You will, plant, you will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain, the place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode. Okay, you will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain. Um, So this last Sunday, we happened to be in this passage um, of Scripture, um, and this is what Anson was preaching about, right? So the context of this is the people of Israel have just been delivered um, out of um, Egypt, and they have lived for 400 years under the slavery and in a foreign land. And I just kind of found this fascinating. When Moses comes out, right, these are Moses' words in his song of praise to the Lord. And it's not like something that the Lord is just telling us through him. This is an an exclamation of his heart. And what does he say? He says, you will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain, the place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode. So the picture here is Moses understands that God's heart in delivering him from delivering the people out of Egypt is to take the people to a place where God's glory is going to be manifested amidst living with his people, right? That's the promise of the promised land. And we know the promised land is really a picture forward to what we will receive one day 
um, when the plan for this world is consummated um, and the Lord makes a new heaven and a new earth. So that's Exodus 15. Um, now, let me ask you guys a question, and this is time to share um, with each other. Why is it significant that God has made a place specifically for his people? Why, why is this important? Why do you think this is on the heart of the Lord? Or even, uh, even through Moses? Why is this a theme that we see, a specific place for God and his people? shows that where we are is important, what you said, but also that God has a specific plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the picture of planting on the mountain, like there is not just a plan that I'm going to put you here, but that imagery, like plants require cultivation, they require outside things for their thriving. Yeah. Um, so where we are matters. It shows us that God has a purpose for it, for us. But I think the way it's explained here, kind of the picture that Moses uses, that it's not just about us. It's about the place we're in, Mm -hmm. as well as the fact that there is a place for us. Yeah. Good. Yeah, what can we add to that? That's that's great. Thanks, Brian. This is a super practical answer. Yeah, go for it. But all through Old Testament, when you learn who somebody is and when they're introduced, it's always, you know, Abraham of... Or, right. or wherever, and the place you are yeah. is very closely tied to your identity. Okay. And the Israelites didn't have that. Mm-hmm. So he was picking them up out of the strange land to the land that he finally had promised, that he promised Abraham so long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's fulfilling his promise. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, think about the very beginning, right? The locale that God creates and puts the people in. Right, as the Garden of Eden. And there's just a specific place, and the whole purpose of a specific place was God's glory would dwell. Some of the other New Testament writers talk about God's glory covering the earth as the water covers the seas. And it's just a specific goal that's given to Adam as they are to go out to be fruitful and multiply. They're multiplying not just because, you know, that's a fun idea. The idea really is there's a spreading of the aroma of Christ, God using his people to allow his glory to be spread. And um, so that there is a place all over the world where God's name is, is named and God's name is celebrated. Okay, so that's, uh, that's that first line uh, here. You could look at this verse, Isaiah 43, uh, 1 through 6. Let's just look at the very end of it. Um, many of you might have heard this if you're a John Piper fan because he... Has, uh, has referred to this verse often. Uh, let's pick it up where it says, Fear not. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east, and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, Give up, and to the south, Do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed, and I made. Now, again, same idea, same picture. God's glory is what is at stake and what is presented and the gathering of his people together from the east, from the west, from the north, and the south is for the purpose of uniting them to be submitted under the reign of a righteous king, of Yahweh. Um, Okay, now, one other question for us. Now, 
why is it do we think that um, why is it that God allows us to dwell in community together instead of just individual locales before the Lord, right? He could have made one Eden for us to relate to the Lord, but instead there is a clear emphasis in Scripture of gathering together. So what are our thoughts regarding the purpose? What happens as we are gathered together? How does that actually exalt who God is, His worth, His glory? So think of community as opposed to individuals. I'll give you a minute to think of it. Just give me your thoughts. I just think about, you know, the reference to the body and okay. how there's, you know, different parts are, yeah. are, are weaker and some are stronger, but you okay. know, it takes that whole to make a whole body. So I, I think of that yeah. and how we all need each other. Yeah. There's not one part that's better than the other okay. because, um, you know, even weaker parts are as important as the maybe, you know, so I think of that. And yeah. I think of that's God's plan. Yeah. We're not meant to be an island. We're not meant to be alone. We're meant to yeah. be together, work together to, to be whole. Sure. Yeah. Body. That's good. That, that reminds me just a picture of a family, right? When you have, like, right now our larger family is all kind of separated in different places. And there, there's a real sense that when we're together, every unique part of our family and our personalities and our traits and you know me and my sister the way we joke together and the way my parents enjoy that because they see their kids like all these things are kind of creating this bond that is different than it would be if we're separate which we are right now but we're going back to tucson next week so we're excited for that um but the image i was thinking about this week is um if if you were to see uh ryan thanks for letting me pick on you if you, you came in this, uh, this afternoon and Ryan was over here in the corner and he was just laughing really hard. He just had one of his, you know, those chuckly, giggly laughs, but he's all by himself, right? What would you think of Ryan? Like, yeah, okay, that's right. What is going on with Ryan? Hopefully he's okay. Um, you guys think about when you are laughing with others. When you're with someone that you love and you're laughing, generally what happens? Like, you start kind of doing it more, right? It starts coming up from deeper within your heart. Things are funnier when you're together. Things are kind of enjoyed to a greater degree. It'd be really weird if you were just a habitual laugher by yourself in isolation, right? Very weird. Um, But this idea of our laughter, our coming together as the people of God, there's something that is enhanced as we together can reflect the common joy of why we've been brought together. Okay, so this idea of us being gathered together as believers and also bringing others to come and take that and enjoy it together, I think is a good kind of picture of why community, why does the Lord have us united? We all know the Bible calls us to not forsake the, the assembling Um, of believers and I think that that speaks to there is something special that happens as the body of Christ comes together and not only as we come together but as we are then going out from being together to bring more in. Okay let's go on to point number two. Sorry I have to keep um, refreshing my iPad and every time I open it it closes. Okay Uh, number two the promise of our heavenly home provides eternal significance and mission for our temporary homes. Um, Hebrews 
Uh, let me read that. Well, let me give you that one more time, and then we'll read that together. Gospel. I'm sorry. The promise of our heavenly home provides eternal significance and mission for our temporary home. Uh, Greg, would you mind reading that Hebrews uh, 10:34 for us? Sure. You joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Right. Okay. Good. Uh, the question I wrote down there for us to discuss just for a minute, how does the plundering of our property relate to our mission as followers of Christ? How does the plundering of our property relate to our mission as followers of Christ? Yeah, there's a cost associated with the pursuit of Christ, right? I think Jesus is very clear in the New Testament that there, there's a giving up in order to have more. And as you guys engage in hospitality, there's a lot of things that you are going to give up or you're going you're gonna to sacrifice. And, and they may be property-related, you know, a bigger grocery bill. Um, but there, there's a lot of different things that we're called to give up. And that's the idea of, of Jesus, even in the parable of the hidden treasure, is seeing a treasure in a field. The treasure is so valuable that everything, less be, everything else becomes less valuable. And you look at these other verses uh, that talk about our citizenship being in heaven. That's the idea that the Lord is very clear with, is as we fix our eyes on Jesus, as the inheritance that God has promised to us becomes part of our hearts, then the things of the earth become less. Okay, so let's look at uh, point number three. There's, there's some other verses there just for reference. Point number three is gospel proclamation is a calling of sinners homeward because of Jesus. Gospel proclamation is a calling of sinners homeward because of Jesus. So again, to tie a very big picture of what hospitality is like, there is a home that the Lord has promised for everybody. That's what the call of salvation is, is that Eden is restored, that people are going to be called into the presence of the Lord through the work and the grace and, and the compassion of a pursuing, rescuing Savior. Um, so that's the picture there. Now, in 1 Peter 1, 9 through 13, um, you guys are familiar with this. The first part is, here's your identity. Here's your new identity because of Jesus and his intervening grace. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. Now, that's great. That's half of the rescuing mission of the Lord. And the next part here is that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So, um, as we know, believers are called to proclaim what God has done for them. And that's what we endeavor to do when people come over. That's um, really the, the emphasis here of this verse. And if you continue to go down, I, I find this uh, just encouraging. Uh, the very last sentence there says, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Now, that sounds very regular, right? That is not some dramatic, it almost feels like, Okay, I'm going from proclaiming the excellencies of God's rescue for me into what's the action outwardly. It's to have an honorable impact on 
those outside of you. Now, that almost seems like, um, shouldn't I be doing more? But that's the gospel promise there is um, the result of our honorable conduct of being the aroma of Christ like we mentioned is that Gentiles may see that everyday hospitality, the everyday love, meeting of needs, the, the drastic change of a selfish man made selfless through the work of Christ. As they see that in regular ways, there is a way that God particularly brings an awareness of who he is that perhaps God may one day visit these Gentiles in a special way. Um, so that, that was an encouraging verse to me just uh, to remember this is not, this is not an endeavor just because um, you know we've been given a lot so we should give. It's part of the mission of God proclaiming the excellencies of his grace is the natural outworking of a disciple of Christ. And um, that's, that's good news. That's why we're here and that's why we want to grow further in understanding what are the gospel implications for for my life and my home and the things that I struggle with letting go of so that I can continue to do this.